It's an interesting description of how Cain um, ended Abel's life. Well, maybe interesting is the wrong word, but the way it's presented that, you know, Cain cut his brother's throat simply for the reason that his life was evil and Abel, his brother's life, was good. And then at the end of the first reading, we, we have the or perhaps one of the ways in which we can put an interpretation on what the story is trying to tell us, because it then says, because God is greater than our conscience and knows everything. My dear people, if we cannot be condemned by our conscience, we need not be afraid in God's presence. And so it's presenting to us the idea that, hey, we have a conscience, and our conscience helps us to identify what is right and what is wrong, what we have done right and what we have done wrong. And our conscience can be doing, the, doing its job. It can show us that, you know, my life is good and his life is evil or maybe vice versa. And that's what happened in Cain's case. He, he realised that his own life was not good and he realised that his brother was, in a sense, showing him up or that was the interpretation perhaps that he put on it. And so he slits his brother's throat. He gets rid of his brother to, in a sense, maybe to try and dull his conscience. But it doesn't work. Our conscience doesn't work like that. Just because the situation has passed that, that gives us the, the conscience judgment, it doesn't mean that our, 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 it, it will stay quiet. It doesn't mean that it won't keep pointing out to us the difference between right and wrong. And just because there's the main you know, culprit presenting a good way of following God, a good way of living our life, and that person is gone, it doesn't mean our conscience won't still keep looking at our own lives and our own response. And what that draws me to is that line at the beginning of... Um, probably the first autobiography ever written, um, Augustine's Confessions, well, at least in the Western, in Western literature, um, Augustine's Confession where he says, Lord, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And I think it's a very beautiful description of not just how we have been created in love by God for relationship with him and by implication relationship with others, but it also speaks to us of that primitive understanding of conscience. There is something within us that knows the difference between right and wrong. There's something within us that conforms us or desires our actions to be conformed to those of God. And as we have been created in love by God, we are created to love. We are created to be in love. We are created to, to be with and for each other, not just God. And it's in awakening our consciences or in awakening that primitive or primeval sense within that ties us to God who has created, to us, created us, that I think as we can reflect upon that reality and ask ourselves in, with 
you know, honestly, Lord, what does that mean for my life? I think we can begin to see that our lives are more than just, you know, what our experiences are for us. Because our lives are meant to be given. Our lives are meant to be not just for what we can get out of them, but for what we can give to others as well. And therein lies something that I think is always at the base of, of what our conscience is trying to do for us. To lead and guide us to that relationship with God. It's, where, it's from where we have come. It's what, where we are going to in the future. And, and it's where we should be moving all through our lives. Allowing that gentle, whether you want to call it magnetic or that gentle, you know, the, some of the prophets talked about the seductive nature of God's love. Hosea was a beautiful, beautiful uh, prophet to reflect upon, reflect upon because the fundamental movement in Hosea is God is going to bring you into the wilderness where there is nothing else but him. He's going to strip from us all the things that don't matter so that all that matters will be left behind and that is God himself. It's the way that John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila write so beautifully about. Finding God in the one thing that really matters in our lives and in allowing that to then guide the choices that we make in our lives of choosing the path of love in imitation of God's love for us and in the way that God loves us. So let us pray that as we celebrate the Saviour born of, the, born of, of Mary, God becoming one of us, that we too can, can draw more deeply from the gift that is Christ among us and so become, if you like, little Christs to the world, that each one of us becomes an example of what it means to love one another, that each one of us becomes an example of what it means to draw from God's love for us so that we are able uh, we are able to, to love each other in the way that God loves each one of us.